Welcome to the Say Less podcast, a place for honest discussion between me, Johnny, and me, Rack. We are not mental health experts. We're just two guys who are trying to figure out life and happy to document our experiences along the way. We both still have a lot of learning to do, but hope that by having these conversations, we can help normalize topics that men often keep bottled up and develop our own understanding as we go along. Some weeks, it will be just Rack and I. And other weeks, we'll have guests to help us with subjects we simply do not know enough ourselves but for now kick back relax and enjoy us saying more so hopefully you don't have to say less sick we can just sort of go straight into it then i suppose yeah oh well, this is the first time we've ever recorded face to face this is the first time we've ever recorded face to face the eye contact's intense and oh stop looking at me <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Um, yeah, this is the first time also we've seen each other face to face in since like about like six seven months. Yeah, it is actually, isn't it? Yeah, that's mad. Well, look. First and foremost, I think we want to say whoever's tuning in again this time around, thank you again for tuning in, and apologies. It's been a minute since we last spoke. Since we've uh, since we published an episode, I think it's fair to say that we've had a very crazy four or five weeks, the both of us, right? Definitely, yeah. I can definitely say that's true for myself and from talking to you as well. We're fortunate in a way that we both got a little bit overwhelmed with things at the same time. <laughs> so fortunately, we were both quite understanding of each other. Um, but for me, that's definitely the reason we haven't recorded. Yeah. I remember being really scared the first time saying to you, like, for the first time, I just don't have the headspace to do this Mm. right now. Mm. And you were like, it's okay. (laughs) I was like, is it okay? You know them ones that, like, your girlfriend's like, yeah, it's fine. And you're like, it's not, though. (laughs) (laughs) That is exactly what I thought was happening. (laughs) I can see in your face, it's not fine. Um, No, I was the same. I think, like... We were both a bit nervous about like having to try and churn these out every two weeks and things like that. And at the end of the day, we've said this since day one, we want to make this work for us, right? Like, it has to work for us. This is a great release and a great way to touch base. It's just obviously if we're really trying to push it and force it, um, then it's only going to maybe make us a little bit more stressed on top of what we're already juggling. So in that respect, I think it's, uh, it's good to have a break and we're excited to be back with some exciting episodes lined up. Exactly. And on that note, but what has actually been going on with you since we last chatted? Yeah, um, quite a lot, to be fair, uh, in terms of just like personal landmarks. I got double vaccinated, which is out here with my, with my license to thrill. Um, so that's something that's happened. It scared the hell out of me when I got my second one done. Why have you been vaccinated? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't know to you. I got a random text out of the blue for my first one about like nine weeks ago and I thought it was like an internet scam. And then (laughs) the second one, I just went online and booked it myself because I basically am like booking holidays again. But then I didn't realise that for loads of other people, they can't do that. So I'm actually not sure why, but either ways, I've been been double vaxxed. Um, and when I went to the centre the other day to get my second one, they made such a song and a dance by the fact that I was under 30. 
to the extent I nearly walked out because I was like, I actually don't feel comfortable doing this because you've made me speak to like four separate nurses to acknowledge that I could die. And I was like, right. Oh, you, which one is it that you had? Because my first one was the AstraZeneca. See, uh... yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like, freaked me the fuck out. And every single, like, even the nurse, when she was about to put the needle in, she was like a Jamaican auntie, and she was like, cross your fingers for me, darling. Like, you're, and I was like, don't do this to oh me. Oh my gosh, what the <laughs> hell? That's not what you want. No, she's like, <laughs> right, if you get any of these symptoms, call us immediately. Like, call 111 immediately, symptom one, headache. I was like, bro, I get that twice a day from fucking work. Are you joking? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Stress. So yeah, either ways that's done. That was five days ago. I'm past the clear window as of yesterday, which is good. Um, other things that have been popping off. Uh, I left zone one and two for the first time since August. <laughs> How is that possible? I don't know. I actually don't know. Like we uh, we had a stag do, and the moment I realised we were going to Scotland because we found out. Wait, since August. Since August. It's June. I know, I've not left Zone 1 and 2 since August. You haven't been back to, like, New no. Forest nothing in all that time? No, I remember I spent Christmas here volunteering. Oh, shit, that is crazy. That's what I'm saying, bro. When I say, like, I stepped out, stepped off the plane into that Scottish air, stank of manure and shit, but I was just lapping it up. <laughs> <laughs> just being out in the fucking fresh air, the breeze, like, all this kind of shit, it was like honestly amazing mm. amazing and the thing is like one of one of the things we've missed while we've uh, not been recording was mental health awareness week and the theme for that was nature and i was like really enjoying like just going on walks in and around like the wetlands and the marshes around here but as i'm sure you can testify like it, it's completely different when you're actually out in the countryside yeah, it does yeah yeah it really does a big part of me getting through this year for me has been like going to my mum's for like extended periods yeah. for the fact it's placed in the middle of nature. Yeah. Um, so I really get that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's mad the effect that it has on me. Super positive. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, apart from that, it's just been work, work, work and more work really, which is kind of the reason why we're here to chat today. Um, so I won't touch on that too much, but yeah, just been burning the candle at both ends of the stick really. But what about you? What's been popping your side since we last chatted? <sighs> Same as you, all sorts of stuff. Um, work has been a really big part of it for me. If we're going to talk about that later on, I also won't dive into it too much, but it's been a really interesting one for me because work is going better than it ever has at any point in my life. And I'm hitting all these different targets that I set myself like a long time ago. Personal targets, targets around verses, and the additional stress that I didn't account for is like been a really big thing that I've been really struggling to manage and like I've started taking some action on now, hence why I'm able to sit here and record this. But it's been really difficult, which is weird because you think that things going well is just like all rainbows and fairies or whatever, but actually like all this stuff happening, all these new problems being created that I've never faced before. It's been like a new challenge mm. alongside that. I've had some family stuff going on that's been really, really difficult. Um, I'm not going to talk about it too much because like, it's not really my business and it's private. But um, my mum and my stepdad are getting divorced. Oh, um, and there's a lot of stuff around it that's been really challenging. And like, out of respect for them, I'm not going to talk about it too much today. But like, needless to say, that's been a real personal challenge for me too, trying to 
just deal with what's been going on. Like it feels a lot like repetition with what happened with my dad when I was a kid. Mm. And obviously I don't really remember that stuff. And that feels like I'm kind of living and breathing that experience mm. with this new breakup that my mum's going through. So that's been really hard. Um, that's been like the main challenge alongside the work stuff. And then like on a more lighthearted note, the social interactions coming back. Like this weekend, I went to the first like barbecue type thing. And I went with Hannah and it was like her friends. I've never met any of them before. And that was also hard. Like I forget what it's like doing that. Were you nervous? I was nervous. Yeah, yeah, I was nervous. Did it go well? It did go well, yeah. It went well. The good... The good thing is, is that Hannah and I are both so open with each other about our own social anxieties. There's no pretense between me and her pretending that we're okay to try and impress the other person. Like we were walking there and I was like, are you anxious? She was like, yes. She was like, are you? I was like, yes. And she was like, well, at least we're here together. Um, and that makes a really big difference when it's like that. Because yeah. other relationships I've been in, it's not just been about impressing the friends that I'm meeting, the family that I'm meeting. It's been about actually impressing the person that I'm with. So. And not being able to show any vulnerability to her, the mm. people that I've been with in the past. Um, it's much nicer doing it this way. Yeah, of course, of course. Mate, that sounds so healthy. Yeah, it's, it's nice. It sounds like it was a success for you. Um, lots of ups and downs, though. Yeah. Lots of ups and lots downs. Lots of ups and downs. I feel like you're missing one major up. What? <laughs> Bro, your fucking best race with Jesse Lingard these days. Oh, we have Mate, that was the most gas post I've seen in over a year. I, like, the people don't know, I was I was out on the stag do and I was absolutely fucked. And when I saw that, I just like ran outside, had to voice note you, brother. I was just so fucking happy to see you winning. And the fucking world was as well. Like, it's doing the rounds on LinkedIn, socials, every single fucking story that I was going through that day was just people just gassing you up. Congratulations, bro. Like, you're doing some sick, sick work. And I'm looking forward to seeing what this year that comes out for you. Yeah, it's going. That was actually a really, really nice moment. Especially at a time when I have been really stressed. Because obviously, that's not my job either to go do something like that. So it was a nice break and a nice moment to look at and be like, God, (laughs) this is like a real dream come true. And I said it on my Instagram post. I don't want to pretend that it's not. Mm. Like, interviewing footballers that I love and like talking to them on like a real heart to heart basis which you'll see when the piece comes out. Just like, I couldn't even write it, do you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. So that was a really nice moment for me. Mate, it's absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. And just like, even little cameo from Chumps as the cameraman. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know why he was there. I'm sure you're going to find out. But yeah, it is literally dream come true shit. And that's probably the kind of stuff that you were talking about, right? Where it's like, you're having to learn a lot of shit on the go to basically take on all these new responsibilities that you would never have thought you would have to do. Yes, there's those moments that in the moment, in the time, that must have felt incredible. But like you said, as someone who's like a socially anxious person in the lead up to that, you must have been like, you must have been like nervous as fuck. I was, you know what? I, I dealt with the run up to it quite well because I'm so aware of the fact that I have these problems. Yeah. What I didn't account for, and this has been a real problem for me in the last couple of months, is what happens afterwards. Yeah. Like, what happens when you start ticking off some of the objectives you've had for yourself in your head? Um, and for me, a lot of it's been like, if I ever do this, I'll be happy. And don't get me wrong, on the whole, I'm happy now. 
but like I go and do these things and I like walk away from chatting to Chunks and Jesse Lingard having had like a heart to heart with him you know one on one and it's like oh I actually still feel exactly the same mm. and I think that reality that all of these things that are happening with work mainly is what it is for me at the moment actually the deeper fulfilment like doesn't come from these like separate specific things that like a gas up on LinkedIn or gas up on Instagram like I still stay the same person and I think I've been left feeling a little bit like I thought if my life was like this I would just be happy 100% of the time mm. which of course is never going to be the case mm. but it's been like a harsh learning experience to realise that I think when you say harsh though what what were your expectations when you went in I, I think my expectations genuinely not now but like you know, if I ever, I used to think things like, you know, if I ever got to interview like a West Ham player, like one on one like that about those topics, like then I would make it, then I would be happy. Yeah. Or, you know, if with the Versa stuff, if I was ever able to like, you know, get us to a point where we were like financially stable and there's no risk of us stopping anymore, which there's not, like we're very, in a very healthy position, then I won't be stressed anymore. Because like the main stress around my work was like, I need to make verses financially sustainable. Mm. Well, I've done that now and I'm still stressed to fuck. <laughs> and it's like, oh, right. And you know, you hear people so much, especially successful people be like, yeah, you achieve it and the goalposts just move. Mm. Like that's why none of this shit can make you happy. It has mm. to come from yourself. And although we've all heard that shit so many times, like often in my experience, I can get told stuff a lot, but I have to live it before I can realize it's true. Mm. And that's been my recent experience. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. And it's exactly that. We kind of touched on this in our previous episodes when we were talking about just general happiness and like being happy in life isn't the thing, you know, it's about the journey and like finding your purpose over just like what you intrinsically think is going to make you happy, whether that's materialistic, whether that's success, whether that's achievement, whether that's whatever. Um, with this that's why I asked what your expectation was before it because if you're maybe thinking oh like I'm gonna make it now I'm gonna be like a big big league like Josh Denzel type fucking interview type person if that's your goal then maybe that's what you're working to that was never your goal your goal is to do culturally incredible shit and the more you keep doing it the more you're gonna have those moments right exactly what you're doing having these conversations with Jesse Lingard but if you hadn't necessarily prepared yourself as you said for the after how you were feeling what you were hoping to get out of it what you were probably hoping to get out of it was just for it to go well. And mm -hmm. it, <laughs> it went well from the sounds of it, you know? Yeah. But it's kind of weird because maybe the previous you would have set an expectation that would be like, like it, it going well is the minimum. Like mm. it, it going great would be like me and Jesse like DMing on the regs like this blows up and like gets millions of views on YouTube blah, blah, blah. but that's not what you want you know yeah. so you kind of set a good benchmark it seems like just that it going well was a good thing and it's not necessarily something that can be celebrated yes we celebrate the pose yes we celebrate the content that's going to be coming the LinkedIn the IG but like the actual celebration for you is that that went well you controlled that environment you demonstrated you can do it and that's only something that you can really be gassed up about rather than the Instagram post, rather than the LinkedIn, rather than the content piece in itself. That is such good, insightful shit that you just said. I think what you made me realise though is I think maybe within me there was there were still some really unrealistic expectations. Hmm. I think maybe a part of me in my head did think like Jesse Lingard will follow me on Instagram <laughs> on the back of it. Maybe we will start chatting. Like yeah. maybe 
maybe I don't know what else like maybe someone will see that I'm doing this and like give me some other opportunities to, like interview players and stuff mm. none of those things are things that I actually necessarily want but like that my ego I think did still definitely have some unrealistic expectations because you saying that mm. those things like they bring like they all ring true in my head when you're saying them like and I think maybe that was part of why I did feel like I found it quite difficult afterwards because I was like what yeah, okay, I've got loads of likes on my Instagram post or whatever, but where's where's the real fanfare? <laughs> where's my spot on match of the day? Do you know what I mean? Um. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, um, it's just about managing your expectations before you go into those things. But you are right, the goalposts always move. Um, and I think that's something that I definitely want to chat about later on because what our main topic for today is, is around this concept of, burnout which usually comes as a result of stress and pressure and the general sort of consequences that I think that we've probably felt to a certain extent over the past few weeks months in terms of how we've dealt with that so I kind of want to ask you in classic say less fashion what what is your perception of burnout like what do you see it as what does it mean to you yeah the first thing I'll say is I had an idea of it in my head firstly which I guess was just the idea that you work so hard and play so hard that eventually like you just can't carry on mm. um, which was quite top line so I googled it and I looked up some stuff because I didn't want to come here with nothing um, and the first thing I read was that it's caused by excessive and prolonged stress which makes sense mm. to me because like that's definitely been my experience of it in the past the thing that I thought was really interesting as well is that from what I read it's not a medical condition in on itself, but it's like the symptom, or this is generally the view, a symptom of something else, like a, a different underlying condition. Mm -hmm. So like stress could be one of those, like it can be a symptom of depression, it can be a symptom of anxiety. Um, and the other thing that I read is that it can become habitual. So people who burn out generally can develop like a pattern of continually burning out unless they deal with it. Like once you've burnt out once, you can, yeah, take a rest, come back. But if you don't actually deal with the underlying issue, you can actually you'll burn out again and again and again and again because there is like an underlying cause of you burning out mm. that isn't being addressed. And I thought that was super interesting. That's very interesting. What about you? What do you know about burnout? Yeah, mine was the same as yours. I thought it was a single endpoint. I thought burnout was almost literally as if like someone robbed a car and, and then they went and burnt it out like that car's on flames to a stop in a ditch off the M25. Like that's that's my, <laughs> that's my concept of burnout which then in my head always meant that it would reduce someone to like rebel to ground zero. So then in my head, I was always thinking, well, if I'm not at rock bottom, then I'm not burnt out. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? There's always space for me to go down. Um, and I think that as I was reading into it, like you did, I, I found some of the stuff that you were saying then completely agree. I think some of the traits that I started to read about in terms of burnout, I immediately started identifying with myself over the past four or five weeks. And the key ones of those are obviously exhaustion, um, so what you're looking for is that you're completely wiped out emotionally, physically or cognitively or all of the above at the same time and things like sleep don't even help you feel like replenished. You're waking up and you're just still at a low level of energy, you're at a low level of um, sort of like luster for life, just, just everything is 
is on a lower scale it's like very like reduced um dialed down this one the next one was one that for me i think really struck was cynicism i'm not a negative person but i am a very realistic person so then usually when i'm in a good mood and i'm out with my friends and i'm positive and this that and the other i will sit above the line of realism towards being a positive like a positive mm. person an optimist right over these past few weeks where i've been burning the candle at both ends my tolerance for things has been really low and the worst thing about it is that i can't have a low tolerance for things at work because i'm paid to turn up and do a job so the people who take that l will be the people that i'm socializing with mm. and that's where like this cynicism will come through i've been on nights out where people are literally like probably need to fix your face like or be sure. like yeah like why are you why are you coming with this energy or this tone on a night out like if you don't want to be here then go do you know what, like this is the thing and it's like it's true it is the truth and i'm sure my friends listening will, will remember those occasions because at the end of the day i think that i just was low energy tired drained i wasn't able to get into the same spirit as other people and it just like made me into just someone that i didn't enjoy being over these past few weeks so yeah it's just sort of that that level of short-temperedness and irritation because you're sort of detached from things emotionally is um is another key trait and then inefficiency is the third one in that you feel like you can never keep up with the demands of things in life whether that's within the workspace or whether that's even within your friendship group like in that moment there when people are like probably like, like what's wrong with you why are you being such a why are you being such a prick today that then makes me feel inefficient as a good friend you know so it's then like really cyclical because like it's mentally draining to like feel detached and to feel self-critical about like let's say the cynicism and the inefficiency but you sleep and you repeat and you sleep and you repeat and you do the same thing if it's work social sleep work social sleep as you said it's 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 a habitual cycle that keeps going and that's very much what i found so i found it really interesting reading into this um because it completely changed our perspectives on what burnout is rather than just a single individual rock bottom point mm. um and on this then you've mentioned like the last four or five weeks quite a lot how stressed have you been since we last recorded a pod and if you have it sounds like you might have been suffering from some level of burnout mm. what have the signs been for you yeah it's a good question um <clears throat> i would say i've been more drained than stressed to be honest um I'm not someone who likes to feel stressed and I'll do the most in order to make sure that I'm not stressed in the workplace. I'll work extra hard, I'll work longer hours, I'll work within my means. I'll make sure that if I need to do administrative stuff, I'm up working from like seven till nine because the sound of slack honestly gives me PTSD and in the daytime, I hate that little fucking noise. So I'd rather just like have a two hours before and a two hours after where I can just like work. I don't get stressed by it because I've always worked this way, if mm. that makes sense. But I get drained by it because I feel like I'm working longer than the average person and then it's straight into something else. So it's been very much like drained. And I think that some of the signs that I was getting to that burnout level um, were both physical and mental. So for the first time in my life, I had tonsillitis, which I was immediately like, oh shit, I've got COVID doing i've got literally fucking rapid covid tests mm. in my drawer right i'm doing them around the clock and i'm like i don't have covid 
at all. So then I'm like, the hell is this? And then I'm like, right, I've got tonsillitis. I've literally never had it in my entire life. And then I start Googling into what it comes from. And it comes from just being like relentless and just like not giving your body a break and your body being very unhealthy. Um, that was the first sign that I was like, okay, this, is an, this isn't like any other thing I've experienced in my physical before. Then there was like a couple of occasions, like I've... <laughs> It's gonna sound so mad. What? <laughs> it's gonna sound so mad. But I've developed like a twitch in my left eye. Oh yeah, I've had that as well. Have you? Yeah, yeah, I've had that. Where the muscles just spasming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's freaking. <laughs> I've had that so much over the years though. Right, and is it stress induced? Yeah, stress induced, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stress or tiredness or both. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The witch was mad. For me, anyway. Yeah. Mad. I'm sat here on calls looking like Mad Eye Moody. Bruh, it was mental. And again, that was another first for me in terms of just like, what is going on with my body? And then I think the tipping point was one day I woke up and I was sat down eight o'clock doing my early shift of work and my vision just went. I have, I have genuinely no understanding what happened. My vision went and I was trying to like focus and then I was like, oh my God, I couldn't focus on the spreadsheet in front of me. So I tried to Google it on my small screen, made it worse. I was in the study, which you see, and I literally just laid down on the carpet for 15 minutes, just staring at oh the Oh my gosh. Trying to refocus. I, d- I still don't know what it was to be honest, but again, like this is the type of thing that I mean in terms of like my body has not been like at its optimum and it's because I've not been taking care of it, you know, and I've not been sleeping, my routine's completely out of whack, my diet's completely fucked, I've not been doing the usual things that keep me healthy and keep me mm. going, you know. Um, so physically I've noticed it in those realms and then from a mental perspective, I think where I've really been seeing uh, burnout in myself is finding it really hard to like concentrate in the daytime. Um, I think I've been getting more distracted than usual because if I start focusing on a single task that exhaustion I'm already feeling is alleviated by the fact I'm focusing on one thing so then I like feel like I need to keep my mind like moving on different things then I'll flip between a different project and a different project and a different project or like then all of a sudden I'm on like LinkedIn or Instagram or whatever and I'm just not concentrating on a single thing um, which is yeah, I think that's that's then led again, it comes back to that inefficiency and that I'm not doing my job to the level that I should be doing it. It will get done, mm. but I'm doing it a lot slower because I'm just like, I'm, I'm just unable to really focus in because my, my mental is just so drained. Um, and then I think another one is just sort of like, the last one was really that social fatigue element of it where I've been out a lot, like a lot, over the past. Sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give me them eyes, bro. <laughs> One for another episode, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, I've been out a lot recently. And um, yeah, I just, I've just not been excited. It's going to sound bad. I've just not been excited for motives that I have in the diary. And I turn up and again, I'm just like, I'm not present with people. You know the ones where you're not present. I do, yeah. It's not a nice feeling. Um, both at the time, but more after when you look back, like when you go to bed and you're just like, why couldn't I have just been like more present for the short amount of time I was there? I get quite guilty about that. 
Yeah, no, it, it is literally that. It's, it's when you're it's when you're home and you're back and you're finally resting and you're like, I've been looking forward to seeing these lot. I'm probably not going to see them again for like another two, three weeks or whatever. But I just wasn't there and I didn't make the most of it. So, um, so yeah, I think like that's really where I've seen signs of burnout in myself over the past five weeks. What about you? I wouldn't say that I've suffered burnout yet, but I think that from everything we've talked about, I think that I've been exhibiting symptoms of someone who is potentially heading towards burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, the main thing is I've just been really stressed, like to, to a, a really extreme degree um, for, for me, to be honest, like the work stuff, the family stuff. Um, and like you, that started to exhibit itself in some weird physical like sensations, I guess you'd call them. Mm. So this one is sorted now, but I woke up one day and I looked in the mirror and Hannah was staying at mine. And I was like, my face is swollen. And Hannah, I said to Han, like, look at my face. She was like, it looks completely normal. I was like, no, it doesn't. And I was convinced that my face had become swollen. And I was like, maybe like the next day it would just go. And anyway, like two weeks went by and my face was still just slightly swollen from like my eyes down to like my chin. Literally looked like someone had just injected me with like 10% of air into my face. <laughs> but Ham was like, this is what your face has always been like. And I was like, no, it's not. So I went to the doctors and I was like, my face is swollen. And they were like, they were kind of, at first they were kind of like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, genuinely. And I got out pictures of my phone, of my face. And I was like, this is what it normally looks like. And the doctor was like, it is actually slightly swollen. Um, and anyway, I came back another time. Like he was like, come back in a week if it's still the same, which it was. And we did all these tests. He was like, have you had any other symptoms? And I was like, yeah, I've had like, uh, like a heartburn type feeling in my chest, but not heartburn. Like, yeah, to be honest, it feels like it's my heart. It feels like I've had shooting pains in my heart. And he was like, I know what this probably is. He was like, it sounds to me like you have spiked cortisol from high stress levels, that's, that's what causes it, extended periods of stress. Right. Um, he said that you need to go for blood tests. And the funny thing is, once I went to the doctors and I got told, yep, yeah, you've got high stress, this is what it might be. I woke up literally the next day and my face was back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> no that, meds, no nothing. Nothing, no, and I think that part of it was like, I was starting to get stressed about this thing and then once I knew what it was and I, the doctor was like, no, this is an actual problem. You can go get a blood test. There's things you can do for this. It kind of just went away. Or maybe it was a coincidence. I don't know. But obviously that's the level of stress that I've been experiencing. Um, and just generally my anxiety has been really high. Mm. Um, higher than it's probably ever been. So like I mentioned to you, I like, so I've started therapy again. Um which has been really helpful specifically for these issues around like stress and anxiety because these new problems I'm having in my life, the stuff that has happening in my family, it's not going away anytime soon. Mm. Um, so I've got to take action. And so far it has been helping. How have you, have you gone back to your previous therapist or is it a new one? For- nah, my previous therapy was a waste of time. Right. Like I was going to therapy to try and cure my alcoholism and drug addiction problem while still using and drinking. Right. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a vibe. And we're talking a long time ago now, that was in like 2016 maybe. Um, so this is a new therapist um, who specializes in some of the issues that I think that I have. Um, and it's just 
up till now, it's just been half an hour once a week. From next week, we're going to 45 minutes. Okay, so um, for people who don't have a therapist, aka myself, and want to get into it, also myself, how have you found sort of finding a therapist? Are you doing it through work or is it NHS? What's the process like? So, it's not for any of those things. I got a recommendation from someone who said, if you want to do regular therapy, because I know for me, doing stuff on a regular basis really helps. However, I don't have the money to pay what's normally between like 100 and 200 pounds a week. Is that what it costs? For an hour, like with a good therapist, yeah, that's what it costs. Um, So if you're paying, let's say 150 a week and you do that four weeks, like, you know, you're talking quite a considerable amount of money. You're talking about like rent, basically. So someone in my recovery circles recommended this platform called BetterHelp, mm-hmm. which is, it's all online and it's all 30 minute sessions and it's 60 pounds a session. Okay. So you're only talking 240 pounds a month. And for that you get a session each week. That's half an hour, which to be honest, feels like it could be longer. Like you every week are like, I wish it was a little bit longer. Yeah. But the truth is like, I can't afford to pay for like an hour long therapy session each week. And for me, I feel like it's more beneficial for me to do half an hour every single week than to do say an hour every other week, which I probably could afford to do. And it's all kind of like regulated and organized within their platform. Um, And they can like send you worksheets, which my therapist has for me to fill out and do. Um, You like fill out quite a lengthy like information sheet with like all the history, like what you think you might want to talk about. Um, and then it just matches you with like a therapist based on those things you put down. But you can change your therapist at any point. You can do one session and say, I don't think this person's quite right. But the person I've got so far has been pretty great, to be honest. I like, I think they match me with someone quite well because she seems to really understand my issues yeah. and has clearly spoken to other people who have been through similar problems, which helps. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been really good so far. I've done four sessions and... Yeah, it's helping. That's sick, bro. I can see the sincerity in your eyes as well, which is good. Um, We're going to use this moment to say that this episode is sponsored by Better Health. Uh, (laughs) It's it's Better Help. Oh, fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, that's actually really interesting. I think that's actually definitely an episode that I want us to do later on at another date. um, Because... Yeah, I think there's a lot of people who want to have a more accessible route into therapy and I have no idea even about the rates and everything that you're talking about there and the frequency and the homework and the work that you're doing in and outside of that. So I would love to delve into that on a little bit of a deeper one than another one. So yeah, thanks Definitely. Um, okay, so I mean from there then, obviously it sounds like we, we have had a lot going on. Do you feel there's been any like particular mistakes or pitfalls that you've fallen into over the past few weeks, having probably dealing with similar stresses that you've had before in your life from what it sounds like from some things? Um, Naturally, when you have similar stresses from previous stresses in the past, you sometimes have like similar sort of reactions to them. So have there been any sort of mistakes that you felt or slipping into old patterns of behavior? Definitely, yeah. Like it's so important for me to like literally on a daily basis talk to people about what's going on with me and I think that with the work stuff in particular because my stress I feel like is caused by problems that I should feel lucky to have 
I was like, you know, I'll talk to people about the stress that's going on with my family. I'll talk to people about stresses, not that I really have any with my relationship, it's just an example, or stresses with other stuff. When it comes to this work stuff going really well, no one wants to hear me calling up, complaining like, oh yeah, my company's making so much money and it's making me really stressed. <laughs> um, You're making your company so much money, you mean? Maybe. Um, <laughs> I can't afford that luxury, I realise, and that was a massive contributing factor. Hmm was thinking that there's certain things I can just not talk to people about and I can be selective in, the, in where I get honest, um, which just isn't the case. And the thing that's so funny as well is you call people and you say, this is, these changes are happening in terms of my role at work and our company and it's making me really stressed. And every single person's like, oh yeah, I've had something really similar and it's really fucking stressful. And it's like, oh yeah, of course you have. Like I'm not fucking special and unique, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, but I really can convince myself, and this is like, you talk about mistakes or patterns of behavior. I just convince myself that people don't want to hear certain problems that I have, mm. but that's never my experience. Um, so that's been like a real big one for me. Other stuff, like I guess just more general lifestyle stuff is just like same old, like not sticking to my routine as well when things are getting like busy, like, and this is, I think me and you have talked about this before. I think we both always knew it was going to be a challenge, but having a stable routine has been so easy for most of the last year because there's nothing has been going on. It's helped so much to ground you, right? Yeah. But the problem is, and the challenge is how well can I maintain that when life starts coming back, when I'm going and doing stuff with Han on the weekends, when I'm, you know, when all this work stuff is happening, when I'm actually managing real projects for work that are going to be happening, that need shooting and filming and like locations booked and all this stuff, all these problems that didn't exist because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And the truth is not that well up till now. And like, as of very recently, I was talking to my therapist about this today, I'll share. She was just like, you've got to be so accountable to yourself, like now more than ever. Mm -hmm. And she was like, and also like with the Euro starting in 10 days, it's only going to get worse. So you need to be even more accountable to yourself. Um, and that's the thing, it's like, that's a classic pattern for me. I can feel really motivated for a period of time around looking after myself. But then as soon as the distractions creep back in, I'm just like, I don't need to do that stuff. Mm. But I do. What about for you? Um, I'm similar. The routine, I, I find it really interesting and I love that your therapist has said, like, hold yourself accountable. Um, a question to you on the accountability before I get into my stuff. Do you ask people to hold you accountable? No, I don't. Um, and the reason for that, okay, let me rewind slightly. Sometimes yes and sometimes no, but I'm at a stage with my life, like my recovery in general, where it's time for like me to take responsibility. Yeah. Like I've lived my whole life not taking responsibility for everything and shying away from it. Um, and it's time for me to like take responsibility for myself. And like all of these things I have to do, the only person ultimately I'm accountable to is me. Mm. Like even recently, I had said to Hannah, can you help me? And like, just prod me and make sure I'm doing like these certain things that I'm meant to be doing. And about a week later, I went back to her and said, can you actually forget about that? Because <laughs> I realized I was falling back into that pattern that I always do. Yeah. I can't do it myself. Have to rely on other people. Whether it's a sponsor, it's a girlfriend, it's a boss, 
it's a therapist like I want you to do it for me mm. I'm starting to realise like you need to do it for yourself because mm. the thing as well is bosses change girlfriends change therapists change like I am ultimately the only one who's going to be with me forever and I'm trying genuinely for the first time in my, in my life to realise that and actually live that way and like every day wake up and be like it's just you like you're the only one living this life like do it for yourself mm. um, that's hard I've never done that before yeah um, yeah that's a fucking sick answer though and that was the answer that I was kind of hoping that you would say because I think that in some situations it's good to have people hold you accountable I've done this with my friends before where I've said to them like that if you really 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 want to work towards this goal then I'll be that person to be on your fucking back and to be on your shoulder and to be like you're not I, I'm, I can see what you're doing I can see you out I can see you're doing this we'll have that uncomfortable conversation where I'm mm. like and how's this going where you've been wanting to grow like how are you developing here you know um, and sometimes people enjoy that sometimes people don't enjoy that but ultimately you need to do that for yourself and that's exactly what you're saying there and that like there are avenues for you to have that but you've made that conscious decision to as we say do one of the hardest things which is to just entirely put the accountability on you so yeah. I fuck with that that's sick and that's like a good reminder for me as well, to be honest, because where I've been, I've been getting very wayward over the past five weeks, um, in all honesty. Uh, I think that for me, like the, the main thing that I fall back into and I've fallen back into hard is this, this level of socializing where I feel like I need to be out all the time. Yeah. I'm like, I'm particularly bad at this. I've been trying as well to not post on socials as much which I've been doing you've done a really good job of that I have noticed because I knew you'd be out a lot but I haven't been seeing it that much so yeah. you're not doing a bad job of that at all thank you thank you um, which yeah for me it's mad to say that because it sounds like I'm some fucking like IG crap whore but I'm <laughs> we all are ultimately we all are though that is the reality like we are no we all fully are um, I, just, I just knew I was real real bad with it as I've said on numerous episodes before so Regardless of that, I'm still going out and I know I've been hitting these bad trends because of a few like key variables. One has been that I've been spending the type of money that I was spending back when I was broken in debt. Mm, when you, you talked about in the other episodes and you were just trying to keep up appearances basically. Yeah, yeah, this is the thing. And that's... At my big age, that was like when I paid my fucking credit card bill last month at my big age when I looked at that, I was like, this is actually like not acceptable. Mm -hmm. This isn't okay because I can't just, how, how am I going to stop this? Where does this stop? Like we've been allowed back out and it's only going to get worse. We're only going to get more freedoms. We're only going to be able to do more things as summer comes about, you know? Um, so that's been a real big one for me. And just I, on that one though, I would just say, don't beat yourself up because... It's a very unique situation. Mm. The world's been locked down for like over a year. It's just opened up. Like I think for all of us, if we're ever gonna spend too much money, it's gonna be right now. And of course it can't continue, mm. but I'll just say like, don't be too hard on yourself about that. Like life is for living. It sounds like you've been living it, but obviously you also have to be responsible with it. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah there's a responsibility level of it. Um, and I think the responsibility level of it is when I look at my calendar and my socialising starts on Tuesday. Yeah, well, that's mad. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. 
So like technically this could be like a social function because I'm seeing you tonight, right? This is a social function. This is a social function. Well, in which case, if this is a social function, then my last week, I was out from Tuesday last week. We're now Tuesday this week and I've got evening plans every single night until Monday next week. Wow. Yeah, I would say that's too much. So that's about 14 days of out every night with different people spending different money. Why? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I've, I, I know I've fallen hard into this. The, the difficult thing now is that I booked a lot of these plans in with people fucking weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I can't now cancel. I, I want to see them. And I really, really want to see them. But yeah, I, um, I basically have just sort of, I found myself slipping away and just getting very quickly back into the old habits of just socializing a lot, spending a lot, but not prioritizing myself. Um, and I think that kind of is where I want to lead into the next ones in terms of like what actions we've taken because what I've, what I've realized is that the reason why I'm doing that is ultimately I've been working in that room upstairs for two, three months now yeah. um, and I've just been staring at the same blank wall. I'm someone who gets my energy from other people. Right? Like when I wake up and it's just me, I'm very calm, I'm very reserved. I'll do my meditation when my routine was in play. I've not been doing that recently, which I'm really frustrated myself about. I'll then go and sit on calls and yeah, I'm like chatting to people, but it stops after half an hour or it stops mm. after an hour, do you know? Um, and then in that gap, it's just work, 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 and it's very intense. And that's why I've been conditioning myself to think okay it's it's now okay for me to go out and socialize in the evening and have plans now and do this because like this is like a reward for me because i've worked hard like this is the justification the reality is is that i just like being in physical presence with other people because my brother's been working so hard recently he's just sat one of his uh, like his biggest exam and he's been studying for two months mm. like religiously so i've not even seen him so one of the solutions I found was that I I basically booked myself um, a WeWork. Like I've just like signed up for WeWork. Oh, sick. Out of your own money? Yeah, bro, it's a free trial. <laughs> <laughs> it's a free trial. It's a free Still. trial. To anyone who's interested in that, by the way, genuinely, go check WeWork free trial for a month. You can do it. And you best believe that next month I'm using a different email address and doing the exact same thing again. I've I didn't know this was a thing. I need to do this as well. It's sick. You can go to any WeWork. Like, wow. You okay. All of them, all across London, all of their services, everything. Um, and that's been inc- like incredible. That's been the best thing for me yeah. because that all of a sudden gave me routine again. Like people are very privileged to be going back into the office now. Um, those people that are obviously still working, my office isn't coming until August. So there was going to be just like, again, just my only interaction with people was going out, spending money and socializing and booking back to back. Whereas the moment I've been doing WeWork, I've been getting up, doing a commute. So I'm now planning my morning, planning what I'm packing for lunch. I'm like getting back into normality, you know? I'll then go sit in a WeWork and like, I won't chat to anyone. I'll stroke a couple of people's dogs and maybe chat to different baristas when I have like coffees mm-hmm. and this, that and the other. But it's just a buzz. I'm seeing people around me working, people collaborating, all of this kind of shit. I'm using all these like buzzword and jargon whatever but like it is that and I was just in that space and I was like it clicked this is what I this is what I need I don't need to be out socializing feeling like I'm um 
yeah, feeling like I'm not lonely and I'm not alone and I'm not cooped up in this, that and the other by spending money, by making all these different plans. I can just go into an environment where people are doing work in and around me and immediately my routine is restored because I have a hard cut off time when I close that laptop and have to get on the tube to go home. I have the same when I start and it means that I can then plan things so that like once I've commuted back home, I'm like, right, I'm here now and I've had that laptop shut for like 45 minutes mm. now. Now I can go for a run and keep that shut and wake up tomorrow morning now I'm going to open it again, you know? So that's been like the main thing for me in terms of actions that I've taken, which has just been so fucking helpful in reverting the cycle I slipped back into of just being out for the sake of being out because I was like really not okay with being home effectively alone for so long. Yeah. Glenn, can I ask you a question? Mm. How do you do calls, like work calls in a WeWork? Very easily. I literally just sit at the desk and take the call. Or, or they have all these different pods that you can go into. And anyone can use those. Yeah. Right, I'm signing up. Yeah, for absolutely. <laughs> Honestly. This episode is sponsored by WeWork. <laughs> <laughs> Two big sponsors. We've grown people. We've grown. <laughs> um, yeah. What about you? What actions have you taken? I've mentioned some of them. Like, a really big one for me was going to the doctors. Like, I don't know whether you're one of these people, but, like, I think it is a boy thing. I, ha- I wasn't registered for a doctor's. I um, hurt my hand with a kitchen knife, like, three months ago now. Mm. And when I went to the hospital, they said, are you still registered at this doctor's? The doctors they mentioned was the doctors that I was registered to when I was living in Battersea when I was like nine years old. And that's the one that St. Thomas's Hospital still had on record. Is it? And I was like, God. And he, the guy said to me, you need to register for a doctor's. And I have been registered for a doctor's between being nine and 28. Um, but it really was a wake-up call. It's like registering for the doctors. And then when I had this problem with my face and like my stress, mm. like actually going and saying, I have a problem. I don't know what to do about it. It was like a weirdly like big deal for me, um, actually just going and getting help for like a physical problem. As I mentioned on this podcast before, like I had one relapse where I like woke up in the middle of the street and had like various physical injuries, including like I suspect like two cracked kneecaps um, is what the symptoms suggested. Like I could barely walk, I was swollen to the size of footballs. I didn't go to the doctors. What? Even then? Even then, I didn't go to the doctors. And I lied to people and said that I did, because I knew how insane people... Yeah, I feel like you definitely told me that you did. Yeah, I, I lied to people and said that I did, because I knew how insane it would be not to go. But there was a huge fear for me around like going to a doctor and being like, I need help for this physical problem, mm. which is so weird. Like, the only other times I've done it have been for such serious things where I've had no choice. So doing that was a big deal for me. Same with starting therapy. Like something that I kept, people always bring it up. Like, you're going to do therapy again? And I'm like, when I've been clean and sober for long enough, I'll do therapy again. Mm. Which was just an excuse I was using to kick it further and further down the road. But again, I was forced really, like the level of stress I was feeling. I'm not willing to live in that much of an uncomfortable state anymore. Mm. Like I finally got to a point where if I have a level of uncomfortability about something, I have to take action. Yeah, I can't. There's something that's happened to my brain where I can't just allow it to fester anymore, which is how I live like the rest of my whole life. Like, push that shit down, don't deal with it, and just forget about it. Unfortunately, I've, I've lost the ability to do that, which has been a real blessing. 
And yeah, I guess the other thing as well is the one thing I am doing well at the moment is I'm not doing what you're doing. My social plans are really limited. Yeah, it sounded I can, like that when you stepped in. It's yeah, like most for the weekend. Yeah, most of my evenings are spent at home like watching Netflix or like reading a book still like I'd kind of have settled into in the last year the flip side of that is when I am going into social situations I am finding them of course like anxious inducing I'm also having lots of feelings of fear that like maybe I haven't fostered friendships well enough like people aren't really asking me to do anything with them apart from like a really small group of people but I think that when I really think about it for me it's better this way because the way I lived before COVID was what you're doing. I was out every single night of the week. Mm. And it was a really exhilarating and fun way to live. And of course, I was sober as well. I was no hangovers. But I've kind of lived through that now. And I'm trying to just take it a little bit easier. And I just don't know how you balance it either. With like being having such a busy job. And the stress that that brings in. And like the time it takes. Mm. And then also going and socialising. I, yeah, I don't really know. I've been doing bro. Um, Uber have been taking ahead of a lot of my money over the past few months, that's for sure. But no, it, I mean, you sound like you're doing things really, really healthily and it's like a fucking inspiration to see. And like, I'm, I'm really glad that we've had this chat because it always helps me to kind of remember and as, as we've said, like ground come back down. One thing that I'm also trying to do really really hard now even though it's very frustrating that very much like all driving tests are booked out till 2022 but i'm basically now just going to be middle of the week if i want to have something that isn't work because i think it's effectively that like if you're stuck just staring at the fucking ward all day i want to have something that isn't work and isn't a run because working and running are my bread and butter anyways mm. working and worrying working and running are guaranteed in my routine do you know what I'm saying? So like even the run isn't different. Exercise isn't different to me. It's just part yeah. of my routine that I can't escape. So now I'm just booking like loads of driving tests, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and being like, I can't do those dates. That's blocked yeah, out. Do you know that's what I'm really saying? good. Kick up something. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think then kind of like last things want to want to touch on would be some tips and advice we would give ourselves or other people who might be connecting with some of the things that we've we've been talking about over the, the, the past sort of hour. Um, I can I can start just talking a little bit about burnout. Um, what I've really been identifying in myself as I've been doing this is a few different stages that I, I basically had to like have a, a long sit down with myself. I think it was last weekend. Um, I literally just like sat in the bath, <laughs> <laughs> contemplating life. Uh, you know them ones there. I had some country and western music on. It was great. <laughs> uh, and I, yeah, I just had to identify like a few key things, particularly. And I think the first one was almost like what you were saying earlier, like holding yourself accountable, really acknowledging and owning the problem. So I had to identify in myself, like, look, you are at a level of burnout now. In that you're not, you're not gonna hit rock bottom because like your concept of rock bottom is literally like a meltdown. But in terms of my physical and my mental, I've been experiencing lots of symptoms of someone who is unwell and unhealthy within both of those realms. Mm -hmm. So like that acknowledgement is the first thing, whether that is from just working or whether that is from socializing or whether that's a combination of the both of them. A lot of times work burnout 
doesn't actually feel like burnout again because it never stops yeah. you know like you're majority of people don't work in careers where you finish a project and you chill for a long period of time it's like as this project is winding down the next one two three four five yeah. as i'm sure you found with the euros mm-hmm. coming up immediately start you know and it never stops it's good you hit those goalposts you tick things off but that never stopping element means that you never feel like you're gonna like have that burnout moment where you stop because you can't you know so acknowledging and owning the problem is step one step two is basically just trying to mentally detach where possible um as we've done here tonight we're like on our phones checking emails this and the other and it's great because you're accessible you've got a close with bits of business and you want to hit those milestones in your career but just like actually fucking shutting my laptop it sounds so dumb, but shutting my laptop and getting on a tube where no one can app me on my phone for 45 minutes to travel somewhere was the most I was disconnecting. Mm. On this one as well, with mental detachment, that's what I've had to do with like this family situation I've got going on. Like For me, it's not just work stuff. Like Sometimes there are things that happen in my life. I have, find it really difficult to realise that for my own mental well-being, I have to detach to some extent if it's not actually my responsibility. Because yeah. um, I always want to help fix, control. So that's a really important one for me with like those really difficult situations, especially with people, family members, friends, sometimes people you're in a relationship with. Sometimes actually you don't have a role to play or I don't have a role to play and I have to detach with love. Um, and I really struggle with that. And that's been an action that I've been trying to take to like help with my burnout around that particular situation. Mm. It's tough, particularly when it's someone that you love and when you care about. Yeah. Because your immediate thing is that you, you, you want to be there, some sort of support, right? I think you said this before, though. You were speaking explicitly about relationships where it's like we jump to try and fix the problems for people that we love and we care about. But did they ask you to? Yeah. You know? Um Yes, they'll probably welcome it, but once you're mentally engaged, there's immediately your problem on top of everything as well. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, I think the third one is avoid those numbing tactics and really get clear on what your values are. I think you're probably an incredible example of this and that your numbing tactics you've spoken openly about, um, your numbing tactics are previous years, years ago now. Um, I think that for me, my numbing tactics are going out and socialising and getting fucked up and waking up with a hangover and then going straight into work and like repeat, you know, um, that's my way of basically just, <laughs> you're a pagan, that's my way of, um, yeah, basically just trying to alleviate any any feelings or any sort of difficulties that I've had in the daytime um, and at the end of the day like they're just coping mechanisms that don't actually help you know? yeah. same with me though that's where that's where mine have moved to though is that same stuff and I've been lucky because COVID has stopped the social stuff and the other big one for me is as I've spoken about on this podcast before is just food mm. like in the evenings that's a really big numbing tactic for me is using food mm. fast food chocolate not chocolate so much, but I have transitioned back into stuff that has chocolate in it. Um, I am now eating again. Right. No bars of chocolate, but, but like a chocolate croissant. 
yeah, or like a chocolate chip cookie, okay. or like chocolate ice cream, <laughs> like that stuff I'm eating again. Um, but that's a really big numbing thing for me. Yeah. Um, like that release at the end of the day where I just want to escape. Like if I can't sniff that, swallow that, drink that, yeah. it's like I'll eat this. Yeah. That's actually very true. Like diet is an important one. And as you said, in the daytime, now that we're working again and shit's so unpredictable, you might be called out to go do a shoot. You might be called out to do this, that, and the other. That sort of like weekly food shop routine that is ideal, the sign of someone that's evidently got their shit together, immediately goes out the window. And that's mm. when you're like, okay, I'm getting back late. I'm not going to have time to cook. It's a delivery or something and it's something unhealthy. So, and again, you're right. That's a, that's like a coping mechanism or another way of like numbing or basically suppressing um, those difficult situations and holding yourself accountable. Um, and then I think the last two are really just sort of like mastering the art of saying no. I've said this before, we've both said this before, this is something that I really, really, really am trying to work on now, not because I don't enjoy the, the social functions. It, it sounds like maybe when you listen to me speak that I don't enjoy going out, I fucking love it. I fucking love seeing my friends. Like. I was not in a confident place at the start of this year. I spoke to people about this and people were very surprised. I, I was very, very unsure of myself and everything was just low. I was super nervous stepping into this role, this new job as to whether I'm gonna be able to do it. Like, I was still running a bit of a front right at the start of this year and the socializing element of it has brought back my confidence. I feel 10-10 right now, I feel great. I walk into spaces and I'm assured of myself and like, I know that like, I'm enjoying that and the people with me are enjoying my company obviously I said there are those nights where I've been burnt out and they've been like just go home because <laughs> you're being pagan but nine times out of ten like it really has helped however I need to start saying no now and that's something that I think comes with burnout saying no whether that's to people at work whether that's to requests that come in late night um whether that's do things that don't fall within your remit but maybe be a part of a project that you're working on and because ultimately like you're tied to it you feel somewhat responsible you know um oh i know yeah 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 i'm sure i'm sure like with everything going on that like, it's just something that you have to do and then i think like the final one the fifth one what we'll end on is just remembering like what it is that actually makes you happy that's the thing um, and I think that's where from like the socialising perspective my happiness comes from seeing my friends and catching up with them and telling good stories and having a fucking great laugh I don't need to be at a nice restaurant spending a shitload of money to do that it's the people not the place and I think that's the main thing for me personally now I've slipped back into it's all well and good for me to see my friends and it's, it's actually a very healthy thing for me personally to interact with people and see my friends but there's the additives that I associate with that happiness that actually don't make me happy like alcohol is a straight up depressant <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it is. Which I'm sure you know. So yeah, oh, those, are the, those are the main five. Owning the problem, mentally detached, avoid numbing tactics, master the art of saying that and remembering what makes you happy. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. Sick. Well, look, bruv, I'm glad we're back. It's been crazy for five weeks. I've loved seeing what you achieved in that time. I'm looking forward to new episodes, more content, and we've got some exciting guests coming up. Um, so a bit of a different look and feel and vibe for the for the next few episodes at least. And just to end on this, finally, 
Rack likes to sing my praises for achievements and whatnot. If you saw where we're recording this podcast, I've come to Rack's house that he's just bought for the first time. This place is like an Airbnb. It is crazy. <laughs> it's so nice. Like, this is a much better achievement than anything I've done this year. But anyway, thank you for listening to another episode. If you're still listening and you message me saying, I love to lick fish, I'll <laughs> pay pal you five pounds. And we're done. <laughs> Woo! Thanks for tuning in to the Say Less podcast. We are not experts, so please help us with feedback if there's anything we've got wrong or anything you disagree with. We can be found at sayless.pod on the gram. Till next time. <laughs>